Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. So good to be back uh, online again with us this Wednesday. Uh, believing with you all to see God's best before he returns. The days are so close. Let's worship him who's worthy. Hallelujah. We give you thanks. We give you praise. Worship you, great king. Worship you, holy one. Our father who sits on the throne. And the Lord Jesus at your right hand. We worship you. We worship you. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who is on the inside of us right now. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Worship you, worship you, worship you, worship you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks. Because he's given Jesus Christ, his Son. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Because of what? The Lord has done for us. We give thanks. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We give you thanks in this place right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, we give you thanks, we give you thanks. Oh, we give you thanks. Blessed be your holy name. Worship you, worship you, worship you, worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, we give you thanks. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because of what you have paid, we enjoy your strength, your ability, and your wisdom. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We worship you today. We call every need met, every oak destroyed, every burden removed. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Let's open up our Bibles to um, a familiar prayer in Philippians chapter 1. 
And uh, I read from the ninth verse. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. That you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere without offense till the day of Christ. Verse 11 continues, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, praise God. What a powerful prayer there. You can see that this is uh, Paul's style all the time. Uh, he would insert a prayer. Uh, his desire for people, his desire for the church was seen in all of this communication from the Spirit of God as he was thinking like Jesus would be thinking, like God would be thinking. And so as he aligned himself with the heart of God, these thoughts would come out, these prayers would come out, and all of this would become possible. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's hear this also in Canada, Philippians 1, 9 uh, to 11. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So you have this prayer out here. And of course, you know, that man uh, suffered a lot, went through all kinds of challenges. And um, it looked like he was basically spending a lot of time in jail, uh, being punished and chastised, you know, for doing good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And um, praise God, sometimes he would mention it. And uh, he was here in jail at this time, at the writing of this uh, Philippian epistle. And so he was uh, quite a thick-skinned person as far as suffering went. He knew how to rely on God to uh, compensate and uh, dominate whatever it was and stay in line and do the will of God. And so uh, we thank God for him and uh, we're so grateful we can read these verses. I was talking to someone the other day who comes from a, in quotes, Christian family, but he said, I, I read the Bible and people preach messages and I don't understand anything. <laughs> Praise God and you know, that's the thing about it. Unless you are saved and uh, familiar with these kind of thoughts and teachings, you really are dealing with a mystery. You don't understand anything. Hallelujah. So these kind of prayers help us to understand and do what we are supposed to do. And uh, thank God you understand as much as you do. Hallelujah. And uh, this is worthy of sharing with others. And, um, you know, it will really be a blessing. Praise God. You can see, therefore, that uh, he was not a person who was afraid of uh, suffering for the Lord. 
<laughs> Praise God. He said when he was weak, that's when he was strong. He, uh, he understood that. So uh, you can see that he was um, different. Praise God. Uh, and so we are learning as he followed Christ. We are learning to follow uh, him in Jesus' name. Praise God. So there are scriptures that show us uh, his actual fears, his actual doubts. And if you study them, you'll find out that those fears and doubts were not for his own life. In fact, he would say things like, uh, he said, what? You want to break my heart? He said, I'm ready even to give my life. He was not scared about prophecies that he would be in chains and he would be uh, beaten and all of that. He said, I'm ready to give my life. That's the kind of person he was. So he was not really scared of those kinds of things. Hallelujah. But you will notice what kind of fears he had as you study things that he would say. Praise God. Notice, for instance, in Second Corinthians, the second chapter, uh, verse 4. He says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the word and, uh, I'm sorry, the spirit and of power. Notice that this is, you know, his way of looking at things, not using man's wisdom or man's kind of enticement. So he's, we have to appreciate that when he says something, it has to be uh, from the spirit and from the power and the wisdom of God. Notice the previous verse, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. So, if it is not man's wisdom and uh, man's kind of uh, words, but in the demonstration and the power of God, then it is a different kind of fear, a different kind of weakness, a different kind of trembling that he's talking about. Amen? He's not scared of being thrown into jail. He's not scared of losing his life. Those are not the kind of things that he's uh, scared of. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we need to begin to uh, look at it differently. Um, he's thinking more of how people's hearts are, uh, their response to the gospel, and uh, did he waste his time, did he waste his life communicating this gospel to them? Uh, will he see the fruit of his work? Etc., etc. Those are the kind of thoughts that we see uh, in this man's life. Let's look at another scripture before we translate into Canada. All right, let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 3. And I wrote this same unto you, lest when I came I should have sorrow from them of whom I ought to rejoice having confidence in you all, that my joy is the joy of you all. Hallelujah. You can see here that this was what concerned him, that uh, those who were supposed to give him joy could give him sorrow, and he wanted his joy to be their joy. Those were the kind of fears he had. Those were the kind of thoughts that he had. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's see if we can have 
Second uh, Corinthians chapter two, verse three, also in Canada. So you can see here that it's uh, not just an external fear he's having. These are fears of and concerns of the church. He said that which came upon him daily, the care of the churches, you know, the people's hearts, their lives, those were the things that came to him uh, as a fear and a worry and a concern. Of course, we're not supposed to be worried about anything, but you can see that... um, it goes a little deeper than just external fears. Amen? Notice verse 9. For to this end also did I write, that I might know the proof of you, whether you be obedient in all things. Those kind of thoughts. You know, are you guys obeying in everything? I want to see the proof. I want to know the proof. I want to see the tangible evidence that the word is working in your lives. Those were the kind of you know, doubts and worries and concerns that he had. Praise God. So, uh, you know, he was definitely on a different level. And, uh, you know, we need to be, be also like-minded, you know, sublime inner thinking. In the 11th chapter of Second Corinthians, the 29th verse, he says, Who's weak and I'm not weak? Who's offended and I burn not? So this is, uh, you know, him taking on the worries, the fears of others, you know, the church, the body of Christ. You know, we try to make it uh, personal, thank God for that, but it was actually him talking about himself. Amen. He says, who's weak? And I'm not weak. And who's offended? And I burn not. He would feel it as if it was himself. Amen. So when he spoke, it was from a slightly higher level than what we think. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, and so thank God for that. Let's hear this also in Canada, Second Corinthians eleven twenty nine. Praise God. So we are. Um, forced to think about it by his heart and his prayers and uh, plans in scripture for the church. How does God see us and his concern for us? Notice very point blank he writes in Second Corinthians 12, the 20th verse, for I fear, you know, I fear, praise God. Oh, Paul has fear. I fear, lest that when I come, I shall not find you such as I would. He was not scared of some soldier and chains and, you know, uh, jail and all that. He said, I fear, lest when I come, I shall not find you such as I would, and that I shall be found unto you such as you would not, lest there be debates, envyings, wraths, strifes, backbitings, whisperings, swellings, tumult. That's what he was scared about. (laughs) You can see it's a little different. Amen. Jail was no big deal. When he was in jail, he wrote just, he wrote scripture. He added more to the church. 
Amen. And he had chances to rejoice and see jail breaks. Amen. So his, his fears and concerns are slightly different from, you know, we mere mortals up here. Praise God in 2023. <laughs> so we're learning from these prayers to think about it a little differently, to see things a little differently, uh, to the good old faith, you know, the original faith. Praise God. Not just, uh, what's in it for me, blah, blah, and move on with life. Praise God. So our fears, our concerns are different when we start thinking along these lines. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Notice how that continues in 21. Lest when I come again, my God will humble me among you. And that I shall bewail many which have sinned already and have not repented of the uncleanness and fornication. Uh, and lasciviousness which they have committed. So these are the fears he had, that people had not changed, they hadn't repented, their minds had not been uh, transformed in their thinking. And, you know, he said, I, I don't want to come and cry again. I don't want to be humbled again, uh, you know, and weakened among you, knowing that I wasted my time, that I ministered to you, I taught you, and... I fear that when I come, I'll find you in a negative condition again. Amen. So you can see that uh, it's different. It's just different from what we see as fears. You know, um, thank God uh, we can have so many fears, but it's good to, to think about certain things. And there's a higher level of fear and the concern that he's talking about here. Praise God. Let's see if we can... Maybe um, get these verses also. Second Corinthians eleven, no twelve, twenty and twenty one. So you can see it's a, it's a different kind of concern, a different kind of uh, fear uh, that he is dealing with. Amen? In Galatians 4, the 11th verse, he says, I'm afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. Hallelujah. Interesting. Let's see uh, if he's scared of them, really. Is he really scared of them? I don't think so. He's, you know, concerned for them that he wasted labor, that he communicated the gospel. Imagine sitting under the, you know, the teachings and the ministry of the great apostle Paul. And he said, you know, I fear that it was just a waste. Amen. So these are the kind of fears he was having. Notice the amplified of the same Galatians 4. Verse 11, he says, I'm alarmed about you, lest I have labored among you and over you to no purpose and in vain. Amen. That he has wasted his time, that all of his work was a waste. It was just vanity, empty. 
That was the thing that he was concerned about. Not about being locked up in jail or, you know, dealing with uh, uh, natural situations. He was more fearful, in quote, and concerned about hearts of those that he ministered to. You know, churches that he had a hand in building and establishing. Praise God. Let's probably hear Galatians 4.11 also in Canada. Now we Amen. And so these things would drive him. These are the things that were the forces that moved him, not external things. Praise God. I mean, he was not worried about economy and all of that kind of stuff or what's in the news. and That was not his problem. Praise God. Uh, he was more concerned about those that he ministered to, the churches that he put his energy into, his love, his care, his concern and revelation he, he was concerned that maybe it was not happening in their lives. Amen. There was no fruit. Their thoughts had not changed. Uh, there was no evidence that he had put in any good work. And so this would drive him. These were the things that he was concerned about. And so by the 19th chapter of the same, I mean 19th verse of the same fourth chapter, you hear him say, um, My little children, praise God of whom I travail in birth again, until Christ be formed in you. So he's talking here like a mother who's about to have a child. And then, you know, this mother is saying, looks like I have to travail once more. I mean, man, phew, I don't know about you, but <coughs> it seems to me like something I would never understand, how a woman goes through travail and giving birth. I just cannot really wrap my head around that. It's a little too much for me. Praise God. Ah, I'm just grateful that I'm a man and I don't have to go through all that. Amen. But the language he's using here is that kind of language. That he travailed in giving birth to them, spiritually speaking, and now he has to travail again. Go through the same process and pain that Christ be formed in them. They already saved people, but Christ is not actually uh, living through them. Uh, he's not manifested in their lives. Praise God. Uh, so there's a process along with the years of feeding uh, the right word. There's also this tremendous birth pang kind of prayer that may be required. Hallelujah. To bring uh, certain things to the surface. Hallelujah. So um, we can see here that these are the kind of things he was very concerned about. Notice in the 20th verse of the same, he says, I desire to be present with you now and to change my voice, for I stand in doubt of you. Did he have doubts? These were the kind of doubts he had. Amen. He was not doubting the power of God and the provision of God. You know, praise God. He doubted the conditions of people's hearts as he ministered to them and poured out, you know, out of the preciousness that God had put in him into their lives, whether there was any actual tangible uh, result that could be, um, you know, rejoiced about, you know, or, you know, you could just, in quote, boast about. 
Praise God. So there were not too many people who um, responded too well, according to him. I think that was his main suffering, that uh, a lot of what he put into people uh, was not being seen. Hallelujah. And uh, it would hurt him, and he would talk about it. He wouldn't talk much about physical sufferings. Every now and then he would say a small list, and that small list would cause us to stagger, you know. But these were the main things that concerned him, that uh, what he was doing was not being received, and the fruit was not seen, the life of Christ was not being exhibited. Those things were his actual fears and even doubts. Praise God. Maybe we can hear these two verses uh, in Canada also. Galatians 4.19 and then 20. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, uh, you know, thank God for all that natural stuff that goes on with the times, with seasons and all that. But more uh, deep than that are these kind of thoughts, you know, these kind of concerns, these kind of fears and doubts that he's expressing. Uh, further on in First Thessalonians chapter 3, we notice here, um, verse 4, For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it came to pass. And you know, you know, he said, we told you there'll be trouble, there'll be pressures, things trying to squeeze you, like being tread, uh, you know, under like a grape, being squashed. All of that, we told you that these things are there. But notice the next verse, for this cause, when I could no longer forbear... I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you and our labor be in vain. So he said, yeah, there, there are troubles, there are persecutions, there are pressures out there. But he said, this is really what was disturbing me, just to know whether, you know, you've been cheated by the devil, lied to, and his labor was in vain. Praise God. So he wanted someone to come and tell him how the church was doing. Praise God how their hearts were and whether they were, you know, just fooled and cheated. He says, but now when Timotheus came from you unto us and brought us good tidings of your faith and love, that you have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us as we also to see you. So you can see it's a little bit different from just physical troubles. He said, I told you that there will be these kind of challenges in the natural. But he said what was really disturbing him was he needed to know the heart and the faith and uh, Christ-like life being brought out in the church, those that he ministered to. Praise God. Let's probably hear these also, First Thessalonians uh, Chapter 3, verse 4 to 
Amen. Praise God. It is worth reading to see the heart and level at which he's talking from. Praise God. Amen. So Timothy brought him some news about them. And then in the seventh verse, it continues, Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all our affliction and distress. He says, yeah, we go through natural stuff, problems, challenges, but this was our comfort. Notice, over you, in all the midst of all of that, by your faith. He said, your faith is what comforted us. It's okay, we can bear anything as long as those that we ministered to are strong in the Lord, in the power of his might, walking in faith, showing the Christ life. He said, that's okay. Hallelujah. He says, for now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. That's the eighth verse. He says, our life, our excitement, you know, the desire to live, etc., is because you are standing fast. Otherwise, it's like, what's the point of living? Praise God. You can see it's a little different from just natural problems and challenges. Amen. said that's there. Uh, you know, we've been persecuted. We have been given all kinds of pressures. But this is the real reason that we rejoice and want to live for. Verse 9, he continues, For what thanks can we render to God again for you? Praise God. Thanksgiving for them. For all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God. Amen. He said, because of your life, we are excited and we can rejoice. Amen. And we can thank God. Night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face. And might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Amen. Praise God. So even if you have house, car, jacuzzi, bathtub, this and that, if those that you are ministering to are not, you know, uh, at the place that you are expecting, there's no joy, there's no real point. You know, that's how it would translate to us today. Praise God. And our real reasons for joyful living uh, are really not there. Hallelujah. That there's a desire to see them, there's a desire to impart, there's a desire to pray and see benefits in their lives. Otherwise, it's like, pff, it's really nothing. Amen? Night and day, praying exceedingly that we, may, we might see your face. Praise God. Sometimes people don't want to see your face when you're in ministry, but you may want to see their face. Hallelujah. See your face. Might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. He says, I know what could be lacking in your faith, and I would like to make it complete, make it whole. Praise God. Now, God Himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you. That's the reason for this kind of prayer that they be directed towards those that he has this care for. This, in quote, fear and doubt about and his concern for them. He says, and the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. So from there come all these prayers. There's not just uh, take another prayer, give you some more homework, you know, blah, blah. No, it is... This is what makes sense in his life. This is what he lived for. This was his joy. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
verse 13, to the end he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Oh, praise God. You can see there the same heart going out again, that this is why he was concerned, in quote, even fearful. He had doubts. He had all kinds of uh, fightings, jagada, you know, that this was the point that they should increase and abound in love one toward another and that they are established, they are settled, their hearts are blameless in holiness before God, that he's coming soon, the Lord is coming, that we should be ready. All those thoughts are there. Amen. So this is, it goes a little deeper than just some external fear or some external worry. Amen. It drove him to prayer and it drove him to giving them a prayer also to see the heart of God. Through these prayers, you can see the heart of God. You can see what God thinks about us, what God desires for us, and the ultimate result. Hallelujah. So um, it's nice to know that there are levels in God. Praise God. There are desires they are satisfactions and fulfillments that are in God, which transcend just normal uh, external things also. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's see if we can hear uh, some of these things. Or maybe we can start from verse 6. I know it's a long reading all the way to verse 8. These are the concerns, these are the things that would make him worry and be bothered, and not just things on the outside. Those were there, things happening on the outside that all of us have to deal with, praise God. And he said God would take care of everything and deliver and keep even to the last day, praise God. But on the other hand, you can see that these are the real matters uh, that people don't see on the outside. Hallelujah. That God would cause us to increase and abound in love one to another, and that this would happen and our hearts would be unblameable in holiness. 
Praise God that when the Lord comes, all of this will make sense. Hallelujah. So till then, uh, we may just see it from the outside. Man, I got this problem. That's all. Just got to fix this. Got to have that. Blah, blah, blah. But these are the inner things that are actually the core of the matter. Amen. So you can see it's slightly different from just a mere mortal kind of look at things. Praise God. Hallelujah. God help us all. Praise God. So uh, with all of that said, let's go on to the book of Romans. I know that we have to pray in the spirit. and We need to uh, continue to press into things that uh, are given to us. Even though the word has been given to us, even though the plan has been given to us, we may have to endure and pray and see it come to pass. Praise God. So in the 26th verse of Romans 8, we see, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Do we have an infirmity? Did Paul have an infirmity? Yes. What was the infirmity? We know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Notice that Paul includes himself there. He gave us some uh, prayers in the understanding written out there. But even they were quite complex. You know, you, you have to read the prayer and think, what is he saying here? You know, just imagine. And that's the understanding. Now we're going to a place where he says, I really don't know what to pray for sometimes. Uh, we all don't know what to pray for, as we ought. Praise God. As we ought. What is the actual answer to this? He said, it's like travail. You want to give birth, but you don't know how do you do this thing? How do you bring it forth? How will Christ be formed in the church? How will their face become precious because they have done it? They've acted on the word. All of these factors. He says, how do we do it? We have an infirmity in prayer. The Spirit will help us. With these groanings, with this kind of, uh, you know, similar language of thought there, uh, you know, like you're having a child, travailing again in birth till Christ be formed. He says, make it intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit. Praise God. So these things go further than just our soul. They go into the mind of the spirit. What is the spirit thinking about it? Hallelujah. So we want to get to a place where we're concerned about what does God have to say about it? How does God see things? And that is where we take the help of the Holy Spirit in prayer because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So you can uh, hook up with God's prayer plan. How do we pray? What do we pray in this matter? Praise God. I have prayed in the understanding. Philippians 1, uh, 9, all the way through. And uh, Lord, there's still stuff that I need help with. How do we bring this to pass? And then the Holy Spirit takes hold and you speak in your prayer language. Hallelujah. Verse 28 then says, and we know. Look at that kind of confidence. So there's a place where you can be confident at the end of that prayer that all things will work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so when you...
take hold with the Spirit, agree with Him, flow uh, with Him in prayer, where He has control in your tongue and in your thoughts as things are prayed out, He says, you can know for sure that everything will work out together for good. Amen? Sometimes people say, I crossed the road, car hit me, then I ended up in hospital. It was for good. So I could just preach to the guy next to me. See, it was all for good. You know, people have all these various ideas of how it was working together for good. Yeah, sure, I don't think so. There's a different level of thought. And we want to think like God thinks. Praise God. And that is where uh, we come to join with the Spirit in prayer. Hallelujah. And uh, those kind of thoughts. So maybe we'll examine it a little closely. Romans eight twenty six to 28 in Canada. So there is the introduction of his purpose there. All things work together. Notice, good to them that love him, love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Then he continues, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. We are not talking about some fatalistic idea, que sera, sera, you know, if it was meant to be, it'll be, it is for good, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's not what we're talking about because this is expressed in these words. Whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate for what? To be conformed to the image of his son. For each believer to become like Christ, that Christ is formed in the believer. That is our predestined plan in God. And this prayer, with the Spirit's help, will bring that forth. Amen. That's the good thing that is working out. That you became more like Christ. That Christ was formed. That we are made more in his image. That is something that's on the inside is being formed on the outside. Hallelujah. Conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Hallelujah. So this is the good thing that he's actually seeing ahead. That, thank God for other good things, yeah, good house, good car, good watch, good uh, gold, good platinum, good jacuzzi bathtub, good clothes, good, 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 all of that. But there's something that's gooder than all of that. You know, from which you are going to gain something deeper than just natural uh, expectation. Praise God. This is the kind of good that we are talking about. That there is a good according to his purpose. His plan, before we even knew who we were, he had planned for us. Even before we 
you know, became one and a half or two and thought, oh, I'm, I'm a child like everybody else. Oh, there's another child here. You know, oh, I speak this language because my, these are my parents, you know. Before all that happened, he had a plan and a purpose for each one of us. Amen. And for that to come to pass, for us to be like Christ, which was the purpose, you know, um, to do that which we were formed for, that is the good thing that he's talking about. It's a slightly different good. Amen. And that's very interesting because even the word used for good is also different. There are a couple of words, you know, used in the original language that help. Sometimes, uh, if you don't see it in the original, you can sense in your heart that it's a different kind of good. But, you know, it's nice to see it in the original that it was a different word altogether from common good that everybody regards as good. Amen? So, uh, in your heart you can tell from these scriptures as you compare them and prayerfully study them that there's a predestinated good for us to be like Christ. Amen? And then when you see, oh, it's a different word even in the original language. Okay, so it is true that there are different kinds of good. Amen? There are different words used for good. Praise God. So we may look at good just from external thoughts like everybody else, but when you start seeing what is good in the mind of God, it's slightly different. Praise God. Thank God for good and the good news and the good things. Hallelujah. So we, we don't want to just, you know, uh, have a life that just seems to have good things without the purpose and plan that was originally intended by God. Hallelujah. That can cause a worry and a fear, which is, I think, the right kind of fear and the right kind of concern. That, hey, I have all of this good stuff, natural stuff, but then is there a good plan that I must accomplish? And have I done it? And have I, you know, brought it forth? Has it been done in the will of God? Amen? Praise God. So that is a good concern. That's a good fear, in quote, and a worry that we should pray through and see it uh, where we know that we have accomplished. Praise God. Let's see if we can hear 28 and 29 once more in Canada. So those kind of thoughts are what we want to look at uh, and see, did I do what God looked at my life and said, this is good for you. This is my plan for you. Amen. Or did I just see only human good everywhere? Praise God. And that's also good. The good news concerns all the areas of life, spirit, soul, and body. But uh, some things cannot be traded for others. Some things are of higher value. Amen? And we need to uh, realize that and value that. Glory to God. So, you know, we, we prayed in Philippians 1 uh, for excellence. That you may prove the things that are excellent. 
For this that our love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment to discern and judge and account things properly and value things properly that you may prove the things that are excellent, highest value, you know. Praise God. And uh, that is what is important, you know, the highest value. Glory to God. In, in God's eyes, is it valuable? In God's eyes, is it precious? In God's eyes, is it good? Amen. So you can see there, uh, Peter and all of them, when they were on that mountain, he said, uh, they, they saw this amazing thing that we read the other day from Matthew on the mountain, and Jesus was there, and Elijah and Moses were there, and they were so awestruck, you know, this voice thundered from heaven, and Jesus told them, don't tell anybody till after the resurrection. And, you know, Peter talks about it, and he says in Second Peter 1, 16, we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He said, we were there. We didn't make this up. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. Verse 17. Honor and glory from God the Father. The invisible one. The one that they said, just show us the Father and we are satisfied. Amen. Remember, they walked around with Jesus all their life. Those three and a half years or so. And uh, they said, you know, just show us the Father. And he said, you, you've been with me all this time and you're still asking for the Father? If you have seen me, you've seen the Father. Amen. What an amazing uh, mystery. They were walking with the Father personified in the Son and they couldn't see the Father. It's so weird sometimes how our senses can fool us and cheat us. And they thought, this is not it. This is not it. I mean, there's Jesus. There's God in the flesh. And they're like, this just cannot be it. You mean this is, this is God? Because they were familiar with this awesome God. And this one seems to be so personable, so intimate, so natural. They couldn't see that. Isn't that weird? But here he says, that God, the Father, we were there when he was honored by God the Father. And glory, when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So all of this is coming from the excellent glory. And that's why we have to push into excellent. Amen? Because it is from a place of excellence. The excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven, we heard and were with him in the holy mount. Ooh, glory. We have also a more sure word. So he's giving this word more prominence than what they experienced in the natural. Isn't that interesting? We have also a more sure word. Praise God. Ooh, glory to God. Hallelujah. More stable, more uh, anchoring than even if Jesus appeared to you right now and said, do this, do that, do the other. You would, your life would be changed. I mean, if Jesus really appeared to you. But he says this is more stabilizing than even that. 
that awesome experience they had, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well. Glory to God. You do well. Thank you, Jesus. That you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Praise God. So it's a process that if you give the word that kind of place and give it that kind of process, he says, hmm, it's a good thing that you are going to experience some things that they experienced when they said it is good for us to just camp here. Amen? Hallelujah. And that's one kind of good. They, they saw one kind of good. It's good for us. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's see if we can uh, hear verse um, 18, no, 17 and 18 also in Canada. God. So for that person who says, okay, if I get the Bible in a version that I can read, you know, then I can learn everything. Really? You may still not understand a thing. Because there's a certain kind of atmosphere where all of this is from God, where you understand. Light comes, a revelation comes, because you're in that place with those people. Hallelujah. And you can be reading the same Bible in some other place and not get a clue. Isn't that amazing? Praise God. So there is a place, a good place for you, where you will get the good word and the more sure prophecy than anything else that you can see or feel. And you cannot even compare it to what these three saw on that mountain. Amen. If somebody had this kind of an experience... I'm telling you, they won't, the, the internet won't be enough for them to talk about it. They'll just be always out there that this is what happened, that's what happened. Praise God. And here they're turning us back to, hey, you have a more sure word that you need to uh, pay heed to it. That's what it's all about. It's about the heed you give to it. Amen. How much heed or uh, you know, pressure are you putting on the word? As though it is a light shining in a dark place. Praise God. The only light in a dark place. Wow. That changes everything. Imagine you were in a pit. And you're trying to find your way. Somehow you fell. You're deep inside there. And after two, three days of struggling, there's a small, fine point of light somewhere at the end there. Wow, you'd be so excited that you saw one pinpoint of light in all of that darkness. And you would struggle and, you know, with your nails, claw your way to that fine pinpoint of light. Because you know, once I get there, I can open it up some more and lo and behold, I can escape. Amen. That kind of picture is what he's saying. In all of this darkness, there is a light shining that you do well to pay attention to it with that kind of attitude. And that makes all of these experiences 
as though they were nothing. Praise God. Compared to this more sure word. Praise God. I know I'm an experienced guy. You know, I like experiences. Praise God. I desire them. But I'm telling you, this is God's viewpoint. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's hear verse 19 if we haven't already. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So as we begin to see this more and more clearly, our valuation of what is good changes also. Amen. Thank God for this good and that good, but there's some good that's higher than others. It's excellent. Amen. Good, very good, excellent. Amen. Good, you have this, you have that, you have the other. Very good. With that, you're going to a good church. Wow. You're listening to this once a week. Very good. But what is excellent? See, that's what we need to tap into. Praise God. So you say, oh, I have this, I have two houses, I have this, that, the other. Yeah, which church do you go to? You're talking to a believer. And he said, I go to a myopathic, short-sighted church, incorporated. <gasps> oh, wow, okay. Okay, brother, praise God, that's fine. At least you're going to church. Amen. Hallelujah. Can't see too clearly, church incorporated. It's all right, praise God, you know. Some guy was going to a Korean church, but he didn't understand Korean. He said that the, the dinner after the service was yummy chicken, so that's why they went. And I'm not joking. <laughs> and these are believers. And I'm not joking, I'm serious. I've been on the planet for a little while as a believer. And these are things that move people. Isn't that interesting? It's good, it's good. You have this, you have that, you know, you have everything. But there are some things that are excellent also. Some things are very good. Amen? Hallelujah. So we need to be... (laughs) I don't mean to be funny, but honestly, it's kind of funny. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. So, um, hey, let's go for good. Let's go for the ultimate. Let's go for excellent. Why not? Hallelujah. Why not go all the way? Glory to God. Let's look at another uh, point. Glory. Luke chapter 10. You know, I like it when it comes out of Jesus' mouth when he was here also so that you can see it was uh, important. Luke chapter 10, uh, verse Let's see, verse 39. And she had a a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. You know, this is a story of one household with two kinds of sisters. One was uh, very busy. The other just, I guess she was maybe not as busy as the other one. And she felt that she wasn't as busy, you know. And so uh, she just basically sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But, verse 40, Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? 
Bid her therefore that she help me. Sounds like a reasonable thing. You know, tell her, let her come and help me. Aren't you worried about such things? Bothered about such things? And he said in verse 41, Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. Now you can make a message out of that. When Jesus calls your name twice, you know, it's kind of serious. Amen. Martha, Martha. Thou art careful and troubled about many things. Many things. But one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part. There's that word again, which is another word for good, which is uh, more of the type that God is seeing as good. Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. This kind of good he's talking about, this word, deals with things that will last beyond the earth also. Hallelujah. We're not discounting uh, other good things. No. But we're saying that there's something that is gooder than all of that. Praise God. If I can use that word. That Jesus has actually said, this is good. Hallelujah. It cannot be taken away from her. Amen. And he can actually zero it down to one thing that is needful. Other things, you know, I need this, I need that, I need, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, I shall not need anything, because he'll make sure I get it all. Yes. But this is also the one thing that is needful. So we have to begin to rank these things, and actually put them in our value system and say, this is what comes from the excellent glory. Jesus himself is saying this from that place. Of excellent glory. Yes, it is good to stay here, build a house here, but this is more important than all of that. Amen. Hallelujah. This is a more sure thing that goes into eternity. It's beyond the natural foundations of the earth. It goes into the eternal realities. A more sure thing than any of these shakable things. Hallelujah. And we may, we may need to see it again. Read those same verses until the light shines in and affects our choices. Hallelujah. And uh, we should have a good account of these kind of choices also. Praise God that we didn't get to heaven and find out that, man, we just went after so many needful things. But this one thing we didn't have. Praise God. This one thing. See, it can be uh, underlined like that. This one thing. Mary chose it, so we can choose. It's not just it drops on us like that. They're sisters in the same house, but they have different value systems. Amen? One is bothered about making the right uh, spicy biryani and all of that, and that's good. It's for Jesus also. It's for his saints. Praise God. And when you feed the saints and you minister to the saints, you're ministering to his name. And he says, I want you to show that same diligence to the end. Don't give up now. Praise God. Don't backslide in all of that. But there's something higher than all that. All of that is good so that we can sit down and focus on Jesus, on the word. Amen. That we can give it the place it ought to have in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 
Mary has chosen that good part. And so we can. Glory to God. And this is what we are praying about in all of these prayers, you know, that we can choose the excellent. Let's look at Luke 10, verse 40 to 42 also in Canada. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. A lot of thoughts like that can be weighed inside your heart, in your deep thoughts. You can weigh what is more important, what is excellent, and then choose. And notice it will not be taken away from you. Wow. Glory to God. It will transcend time and space. It will go into eternity. Jesus said that. And if he's the one that's going to judge the church and give us our uh, rewards, I'm sure he's going to bring up this issue. He may even say, you remember what I told Martha and Mary. And so today, in that department, we're going to give you this many points, and that many points. For sitting at my feet, so many points. It has come before eternity. Amen? Wow, think about it. It's going to be something to uh, ponder about. Wow, it's going to happen. It will not be taken away from you forever. So you may be wearing that with you forever for sitting at the feet of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Can you see how important it is? So it's not just that it's my favorite scripture. What is Pastor Michael's favorite scripture? And, you know, we may... We may say that at the end of the year during Christmas party and make jokes about it and some people may get it right. For instance, Hebrews 10.25 comes very high in that, you know, favorite scripture slot. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know, I probably, you know, Spoken about that many, many times. Hallelujah. Praise God. So uh, it's not because, you know, uh, I don't have anything better to talk about, but it is true, it is good. In the eyes of God, this transcends all kinds of time and space situations and goes into eternity, especially when you see the day of the Lord approaching. There must be something about it that is very special. Hallelujah. Amen. In God's eyes, this is good. This is a good thing that will not be taken away from us. Amen. And if you do it from the right heart, from the right reasoning, and you do it right, wow, it's going to be on you as a gleaming medallion forever. Hmm. Praise God. Jesus said that. Amen. So if you can just mix what we read out of Luke with this, you can see Jesus saying, you must come and sit at my feet. You must gather in church. You must. This thing is very important for you. Hallelujah. 
Especially because I'm coming soon. Praise God. You should exhort one another to do this. You should provoke one another to handle that church atmosphere, walking in love and good works. Hallelujah. Isn't that interesting? Praise God. And so there are good things and there are gooder things. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we need a basket full of all of them. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Ephesians, the second chapter. Look at the 10th verse. He says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. That's that same word again, which is good from God's view. Amen. Yeah, so many good things out there, so many needful things out there, but then there are certain good works that we were created for, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Amen. So if we were to say everything worked out together for good, that word good again goes in line with this. It is good because what God planned for you to do before time began, you're doing it. And so your prayer is affecting that. Hallelujah. Praying in the Spirit makes you work out the good plan that God had for you. Amen. The good works. That same word is used there, that we should walk in them. Hallelujah. That we should walk in them. Thank you, Jesus. What a powerful thing. That's why, you know, we're not just saying, do you speak in tongues? Yes, I speak in tongues, uh, you know, blah, blah, once in a while. No, that's not what we're saying here. The point is that this is a mechanism that helps us to actually work out the things that we were created for, to walk in them, that good thing for which we were created. Praise God. And that is where the power of this prayer actually kicks in. And then you travail in that, you continue in that. Guess what happens? You know. You will become confident that it's going to work out in the good department. That which you were created for, plus everything else will come in line. Hallelujah. That's awesome. Glory to God. Let's see Ephesians 2.10 also in Canada. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we are thinking along those lines when we think about the most excellent, the highest value, uh, the excellent glory, all of that. Colossians 1 verse 10 Uh, The end of one prayer there also. It says that you might walk worthy of the Lord. You know, walk worthy of the Lord. Unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. And increasing in the knowledge of God. Amen. So, uh, being filled with the knowledge of his will, knowledge of his word, in all wisdom, spiritual understanding, is so that we might walk in a manner that is worthy, amen, of the Lord's own affirmation, saying, is good. You've chosen the good thing. So the Lord will say, you've chosen the good thing. Amen. 
Just like he said of Martha and Mary, how he said to Mary, you have chosen the good thing. Mary has chosen the good thing. Notice that he was able to differentiate even in a household who's doing the good thing, who has chosen the good part. Amen. So this kind of prayer is not just more headache, blah, blah, more prayer. No, it is, I need to walk in a manner that is worthy of the Lord saying, this is a good thing you're doing. This is the good thing you were created for. Amen. Worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Then, of course, it affects the increase of knowledge. Because God won't give us more unless we are doing that which we were created to do, first of all. Amen. Then you get more. So there's a lot working in there. For us to fulfill the plan for which we were created, we should be doing what we are first told to do. Then we get more. Otherwise, we will think we have ended. Amen. Yeah, I went to church. Yeah, I paid my tithe. Yeah, I got a car. I got a house. I got even married in the church. Yeah. And everybody's happy. Clap, clap, clap. Great. But then, because you walked in it, you began to teach, you began to preach, you began to use the name of Jesus, lay hands on the sick, began to spend time about the things of God, guess what? You got more knowledge of the fulfillment of God's plan for your life. Amen. Otherwise, he comes and we just realize, hey, I guess I didn't finish. So do you think that it's possible to know that you finished? According to the scripture, it's possible. Jesus said, I have finished. Paul said, I have finished. Amen. Praise God. And last, you know, previous week or so, we, we talked about how at 85, you know, this man is ready for his inheritance to finish it. He hadn't collected yet. Amen. Praise God. He said, my heart is wholly following God and I need to receive. Praise God. We will look at it eventually, but maybe we can hear Colossians 1.10 in Canada. Praise God. So there are all of these thoughts that we also need to begin to uh, think about. Praise God. And of course, the choice is ours. And for choice to come to pass, we pray, oh Lord, so that I can choose this excellent, so that I can choose beyond just natural stuff that is good. Uh, thank God for all of that wonderful stuff. But there's higher realms in the goodness of the things of God. Amen. And I want to do that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's uh, read another scripture that will help us. Philippians 1. Notice this very powerful scripture. Verse 6. Being confident of this very thing. That he which hath begun a good work. That's the same word again. In you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Along with every other confidence that you have in this and that and the other, it's good to be confident about this, that he who started the good work in you, he will bring it to pass until that very final day. Amen. 
We should be confident about that. That means we're thinking about it. Lord, I want to be able to do and finish that which you created me for. So, you started this good work in me, you will accomplish it. And I'm available. As I'm saying it, as I'm expressing my confidence, it is taking control over my life. My tongue is speaking it in my prayers, in my confession. Therefore, I will not be surprised to find myself working in the will of God, in the plan of God, until the day that Jesus comes. Amen? That's again that wonderful word for good. Hallelujah. Let's hear Philippians 1.6 also in Canada. Hallelujah. Praise God. So you can see that there are some things that are gooder or higher in good than others. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. When you look at it, what did he begin in you? He began with your being saved. It was a spiritual thing. Amen. And then it affected the natural. And then the end of that is that you are conformed to the image of Christ, that you are actually living the Christ life as though Jesus were living in that house, in that family, in that marriage, in that job. Hallelujah. Jesus was your neighbor. Jesus was your roommate. Hallelujah. Amen. So you could say that in the house that Mary and Martha lived in, Jesus preferred one to the other. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I ate your biryani. It was good. Especially, I like the white meat. And you gave me the white meat. Praise God. And you kept the shoulder for me, etc., etc. But, you know, your sister, she has chosen the better part. That good part, which will not be taken away by the bathroom. Amen? It's just temporary. It just ends up as the proverbial hill of beans. Praise God. But you know, we can go beyond all that. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God we can go beyond all that. To the things which will never be taken away from us. Isn't it nice to know beforehand that some things are going to be forever? And it's quite simply stated in the Bible also. That you can choose it. You don't have to go stand there and say, I wish I knew. No, we know. It's written. It's plain. That some things are going to endure forever. Praise God. And we have the ability to choose them now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's see if we can work with another verse or two. Let's see Romans chapter 2. Verse 6, who will render to every man according to his deed. So this is going to happen. There's going to be a rendering, you know, before God. Notice, to them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. Praise God. The word there in the King James that says well is that same word good. Praise God. To them who by patient continuance in good doing. Hallelujah. In well doing. Seek for. What are you seeking for? 
What are you seeking for? Glory and honor and immortality and eternal life. So you patiently continuing good again and again and again because this is what you're seeking for. Glory and honor, immortality, eternal life. Hallelujah. What's the other side? Them that are contentious, do not obey the truth, obey unrighteousness. They get indignation and wrath. That's talking about the world. Amen. We are not for indignation and wrath. But we can be very worldly at the same time. Contentious. You know, coming to church, I don't see brother so and so. Because that guy, he shot me in the pants when I wasn't looking. With what did he shoot you? With words. <laughs> not a .38 or a water gun or anything like that. It was words. You know, you just got rubbed the wrong way. When you came in, they didn't say, Hallelujah, praise the Lord, brother, good to see you. But instead they happened to be looking at the cobweb or something else. And you got bugged. And contentions and warrings and fightings happen in the church. Where do wars and fightings and contentions happen in the church? He said, where, where, how do they happen? From your flesh. From your desires. From our desires. And so Paul was scared about these kind of things. That's where his care and his worry and his fear came from. <coughs> Amen. So I got to leave real fast, you know, like that. I can't stick around here, man. How can I just say hi to you and just cater to you and be bothered about you? There are on any game. Man, I got better things to do. I got good things to do. I got better things to do. That's your value system coming up there. Really? Is that what is going to endure forever? Hallelujah. So we can't force anybody. We can pray. We can study, we can contemplate, but like Paul, he said he had those kind of fears, he had those kind of cares, he had those kind of botherations, that did he waste his time preaching, teaching, praying for these people, he said, I'm going to continue praying, etc., etc. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, some things are going to just not be so valuable. Some things are going to be more valuable. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Notice James 4.1, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts, that war in your members? There it is, in the flesh. The church can be in the flesh, including Pastor James Church, Bishop James Church. Yaakov's church was like that. Can you imagine that? He said they were fighting, they were fleshly. They were a fleshly church. And eventually, the more spiritual church was the church in Antioch. And it was from that church that all those other churches uh, that you call the seven churches in Revelation came from. Praise God. From Paul's Antioch work. Praise God. Uh, this is interesting to just think about this. Can you see where Paul's fightings and concerns are coming from? Amen. This kind of stuff. This is church. Maybe we can hear James 4.1 also in Canada. Amen. 
Praise God. So the more we study the word, the more our flesh gets nailed. Praise God. Especially when we do it with our heart and pray in the spirit, our flesh is forced to obey. Praise God. Brought in line. Notice the 17th verse of that fourth chapter. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to whom to him it is sin. Praise God. So uh, that's another word for good, but still it does carry uh, the essence that you know how to do good and you don't do it. To you it is a sin. So we are not all at the, on the same page. Praise God. Some people know more than others. And for them, it's a special kind of charge sheet or report. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Amen. So what is a sin for some may not be a sin for others. For some, you know, there is a problem because they knew better than that. Hallelujah. So those who know to do the right thing and don't do it to them, is a sin. So you can't compare with somebody else and say, uh, but they're doing it. They don't come to church. They got everything. They don't show up. They don't do, you know, any doctrine class teaching. They don't lay hands on the sick, but they're living coolly. That's because, in quote, they may not know. <laughs> but us who know, especially, I believe, in a church like this, you run into this kind of stuff constantly. Amen. Not, not to become just mean and browbeat congregations. No, but because we are seeing some things that are from the excellent glory. That transcend just natural stuff. Thank God for the natural. But there's some higher stuff also. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's hear maybe James 4, uh, 17 also in Canada. Amen. Glory to God. All right, we've said a lot. Let's just pray and prepare our hearts. Father, we give you thanks. We give you praise. You're a faithful God. Hallelujah. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you for helping us, especially as we see the day approaching. Helping us to line up and do that which we were created for. You began this good work in us. You are faithful. You will accomplish it. We're expecting our prayers to align us up and align us with that predestined plan to be like Jesus. Hallelujah. Teaching, preaching, healing, doing the works for which we were created before time began. Because we sense you're coming really soon. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that this goes out to each one who has ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit is saying. That we will choose wisely. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he who gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater is giving good word, good seed to each of us. And Father, feeding us, sustaining us, helping us to receive from God's law of sowing and reaping. Hallelujah. We give you thanks. We give you praise. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Forever grateful, precious Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for bringing this to pass in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. If you'd like to give this a great opportunity, you can do so and expect from God 
good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, God will cause the earth to yield for you in Jesus' name. Thank you so much, team. You're blessed. Mama 